welcome to the first ever episode of Harper's Halftime. I'm Tori Harper, bringing you the sass and most of the entertainment, and I have my amazing husband here, Sean Harper, who's going to bring you all the sports. All the facts, all the information, the important part of the show. Join us every Thursday as we serve up the juiciest sports topics with a side of banter and unfiltered reactions, mainly on my part. From scandalous trades to the jaw-dropping victories, we'll give you the scoop you didn't know you needed. Whether you're a super fan or the casual observer, our unique perspective on sports news will keep you entertained and informed. So take your seats. It's game time at Harper's Halftime, where we bring you the tea, the spice, and the sports. And I just want to say this is like our fifth take of us doing our first episode. I think that's important to note. Like seventh, eighth take, ninth take. We've had some technical difficulties, but we're dedicated. So this is happening. A lot of mental toughness being shown here. Sean said I get one more. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try this one more and then we're gonna take a two week break if this if this one doesn't go smooth. Yeah, so if this make if this makes it out there, then you know we got through it. So that's good. We're channeling our inner David Goggins right now to oh. get through this. <laughs> you did throw that reference out there where most people aren't even gonna know who that is. If you know, you know. Okay. You can go look them up. It might, it might freak you out, David honestly. Goggins. Proceed with caution. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start out by giving you our background and a little bit about us and what got us to this point today of doing this podcast. So let's start at the very beginning of our relationship. We met playing slow pitch softball. When Sean hit me up on Facebook to play with one of his teams, and I have a personal thought that, you know, some other motives were there, but... Really, Tori started in the lowest recreational beer softball league ever, and after two games, she was like, I can do this really competitively, even (laughs) though I've never played in my life. So I'm going to go post on social media, like, I'm an awesome outfielder. Does anyone need any outfielders? Yeah, I didn't know at the time. I was just like, oh, I'm athletic. So I was like, oh, I'm on a co-ed softball team. And like every week we have girls drop. Would you be ready on call if we need you? And I said yes. Yeah, and then that led to other texting. Yeah, and then he got interested, asked if I was single, and then asked me on a date. And from date one sports was a huge topic so i thought about this the other day too you had mentioned that lebron was on the tv and that's what brought up our first discussion i would say it was a heated discussion it it wasn't an argument it was just like a heated debate discussion and i was like wait but we met in august or end of july end of july yeah so whatever usually nba the finals was open over by then no it It was was over no it wasn't it was bubble year So the finals went all the way until like August that year. It was bubble year. It got pushed back. Mm. Remember? Yeah, 2020. So it was COVID and LeBron was on the TV. It was bubble year. We had to go on a date and wear masks like majority of the time. And so then we got in the discussion because I don't like LeBron about the MJ LeBron discussion. Who's better? Yeah, I was basically cheering for LeBron, and she's like, you want LeBron to win? I'm like, yeah, he's like the best player of our generation. And she's like, Jordan's better. And I'm like, you're a child. You've never even seen Jordan play. 
This is all every every argument I come to find out at later time. Like, oh, this is all just your dad coming no, down through you. No, uh, uh-uh. when it came to that specific argument, I knew what I was talking about. I knew. Let me also preface this with the last dance that just came out. Oh yeah. So she I watched knew, yes. the whole Netflix documentary. I knew everything about. And she LeBron. was like, "This documentary I mean, is awesome." Everything about MJ. Yes. Yeah. Let that documentary not come out. And <laughs> yes, she's still gonna favor MJ, but not know near as much. Yeah, that's so crazy. She's to think about. her dad's that. child. Anyways, so we had that whole discussion. I still stand by my answer, by the way. Anyways, moving on. But the point of this is our first date. We were there two, three hours, and we spent 80% of it talking about basketball. Pretty much. Yep. And I think that's the moment you fell in love with me. I mean. (laughs) You're like, no, I'm still not there yet. We're married. It's fine. (laughs) So my like personal background is I grew up playing basketball, and I went and played for a year in college and basketball is really the main sport that i'm educated about really college basketball is Mm -hmm. where i really hone in and i know quite a bit when i branch out in other sports it gets a little sketchy on what i know and what i don't know and sean grew up playing football baseball track i don't know what did you not do is the question I, I mean, I never actually played, like, organized basketball in school, but I've always played, like, pickup basketball. Yeah, you know everything about it. I know if there's two kids playing hopscotch in China, I want to see it and try to bet on it if I can. I do think you've told me about ping pong a few times. Yeah, ping pong, anything <laughs> in the Olympics. Yeah. I'll get excited about curling. Oh, I will yeah. get amped. Like, those... <laughs> Those dads with their new balances and their mustaches, it looks like they just got done mowing the lawn and now they're here to curl for the United States. <laughs> I'm all about it. So Big sports fanatic. Huge sports fanatic. I would say kind of on the toxic side sometimes, especially when you get into his favorite teams. So let's just get it out there right now. Cowboys, Rangers, Stars. Mavericks. Mavericks. Anything North Texas. North Texas. TCU. Texas Longhorns. But he's actually a UT fan. I'm a diehard Longhorn fan, but we're from Fort Worth, and I've I've worked for TCU for a little bit, so TCU's growing on me. But he's a Longhorn fan, and I apologize in advance. Please don't leave us for that. Yeah. It's fine. All the North Texas teams. <laughs> but I'm the sports fanatic that, it, especially if I've watched it, I reference, anytime I'm trying to remember any milestone in my life, I'm like, what was happening in sports that year? And then I can remember what. That is so true. And then, so I... If I watched it, I know it. And then I've seen every documentary. I've done all the research. I know who played who, everything. Yeah. So Sean basically would talk sports all day, every day. If he could send me TikTok sports videos all day, like he probably would. But he knows I won't watch them. So he doesn't do that. And really how this podcast came about is Sean started deciding what topics he was going to tell me and he knew the ones i was most interested in or the ones basically with the most tea i want to know who's in trouble who's being a dummy who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing like those are the ones that i really get into and i want to know all the details the juicy stuff yeah and so i realized had this realization that basically athletes in sports news is reality tv for men and it's more manly because they're athletes but they're all in it she wants the drama and it's it's not reality it's real life this stuff is that's reality tv reality tv is not real life okay we can agree to disagree on that but so then 
I was kind of coming to this realization and I was talking to one of Sean's friends, Corey, and I had mentioned that I think that, you know, sports and all of this news is reality TV for men. And Corey, his friend was like, well, yeah, but I don't keep up with that. And I had mentioned a story that was like in the news that was popular at the time. I can't remember what it was. And he was like, yeah, well, everyone knows about that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Corey's keeping up with all that stuff. Oh, I know he is. Corey would be a good guest to have on if we ever figure out how to do this thing properly. Yeah, we'll keep that back in the yeah. in the back pocket if I can ever get the technical stuff down. Yeah. So, Corey, if you're listening, you know the tea. You know. Everything we talk about, he probably knows about. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, that kind of came to the realization that we should do this podcast, this sports podcast, because this is where we come common ground in the sports world and i want to know all the tea but it's like we might as well record it because it's super interesting so that's why we're here today anything else you want to add to that i do too is like i'm a big sports fanatic but i also love being educated yeah so like if you can bring me stuff like we i one of my coworkers at work that i'm really close with rick he's also a big sports fanatic but he's like twice my age literally so he always is quote unquote schooling me and most of the time I know everything he's telling me and then sometimes he'll hit me with stuff I don't know and I'm like that's good I want to know more about that or I'll look it up because he's got stuff he's got it down to the date he knows what bar he was in in 1982 (laughs) when game six was on and this player had a hit at 10 37 p.m like he is down to it and I'm I'm all here for it so I will say this you are definitely sports fanatic and you know a lot but when it comes to like the older, older like facts that aren't Cowboys, Rangers related, you don't know everything. No, but I, I do know a lot. Yeah. And then the stuff I don't know, it only takes being told one time and it's in the vault. Right. And now I'll use it against you the next time we talk. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's such a sports guy thing. It's like, let me remember all the information so I can get you. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. So (laughs) Pretty much. All right. So that is everything about us. So I'm going to hand this off to Sean so he can get into our first topic of this first podcast. Yeah. So how we're going to do most episodes is I'll bring most of the topics that Tori more than likely has no idea what we're going to talk about. But Uh, I I do know about this topic now because we did record this topic and I did learn a lot. So... So now it's going to be mostly me talking to the viewers. She didn't know anything about this topic. I had to explain literally everything. So maybe it'll make the we'll, we'll speed through it a little quicker. But that's my favorite part is when I go to tell her something and Tori's super interested. And on top of that, she has no clue how this works. And then I get to teach her. Yeah. And then I'm going to do a, a topic today. I got gifted a yes. topic, which I'm really excited about. And then Sean will end us with the last topic that I know nothing about. We didn't get that far. Correct. So. Yep. We checked the video and someone didn't charge their phone. So the phone died. And yeah, now we're here. It's okay. We're good. We're rolling. Okay. Topic one today that I'm going to go over. And so usually I'm going to try to pick relevant topics if I can. Or topics that have a lot of tea that I know I haven't told Tori about yet. Yeah. That you would think would be very interesting. Correct. We have the lost episode. Technically, it's not our first episode. Yeah. And in the lost episode, our trial run, I talked about Brett Favre. And, and it, I I knew he was a football player. I just I knew he was a quarterback. I just couldn't remember who he played for. She really didn't know who 
Brett Favre was. And she had no clue what's going on with Brett Favre. So if you yeah. know, you know. Yeah, it's and, a lot. And, and if you want a lot us, of people know. If you want to hear more about it or if you want us to go back and do Brett Favre again, like drop in the comments or something. Let yeah, us know. Yeah, let, let us know. We'll, we'll do it's, it again. It was a really good topic. I should have saved that for a later one because that's not very relevant. That's been going on for a while. These topics today is going to all be relevant and they're going to be super basketball focused. So if you're a basketball fan, we have a lot for you. I love it. I'm excited, actually. Topic one is NBA draft lottery. Which I didn't know what that was. And now I do. Correct. So I'm not going to ask Tori if she knows what it is. Uh, I'll quickly explain it for anyone who doesn't know what the NBA draft lottery is. So it's not the draft. This is the lottery on how they tell, how they decide the order of the draft. So what they do, they've done it for I don't know how many years now. I know in 2019, they actually changed the formatting up because it wasn't working so well. This is NBA's version to stop teams from tanking, stop teams from losing on purpose because there is a big epidemic, especially the Mavericks did it this year. Where they'll sit their star players, players. load management, we're out of the playoffs, or... So-and-so's hurt. Or say they still mathematically have a chance to make the playoffs, but it's highly unlikely because they need a whole bunch of help, right? We have to win, and these three teams have to lose. Well, we're going to rest the players anyways. It's not worth it winning this game. Yeah. So the NBA and NHL both do this. Baseball and football don't do this. Based off your record, the three teams with the worst record have the best chance to win the lottery. They take 14 ping pong balls. They draw four. If your team has that exact combination of those four ping pong balls, you get the number one pick. They do that for picks one through four. After they decide picks one through four with the lottery, literally like Texas lottery, five through 14 gets decided by your draft order. Really the rest of the draft does. But the only teams that are eligible for the draft... I have a question. Okay. How many combinations does each team get again? So I think there's a total of 1,001 combinations with these ping pong balls. The top three teams get like 127 combinations, which equals to 14%. Is it all electronic now? So like it gets assigned electronically or do they literally physically hand them... Like a piece of paper. I mean, I'm sure it's emailed to them on yeah. like a laptop. Because I'm thinking, are you, is there like one guy behind the scenes looking at all hundred combinations? No, it's they run a really quick search on their. It, okay. It happens. It's all electronic. Okay. But it is literally a random serialized numbers like. Right, like a normal lottery. Whoever has that exact combination in that order wins the number one pick. Yeah. The bottom three teams, they each have a 14% chance to win the number one pick. And then it goes to 12.5%, 10.5%, 9 6.8%, all the way to the team that had the 14th worst record who almost made the playoffs. They have 0.5% chance to make the playoffs, which means they have they have like five combinations or something yeah. like that. You could be a franchise that has Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and solid role players. You miss the playoffs and then you win the number one pick. Yeah. Now you're like... Holy crap, you may win the championship next year. So, draft NBA draft lottery was on May 16th, like two weeks ago. And it's a really big deal because everyone's excited to see who's going to get the number one pick. And then you get the official draft order. The draft's in June, so you can actually start like figuring it out, right? So, the reason I'm talking about the draft lottery, usually it's not a big deal. It usually just 
kind of goes by the wayside. Like you want to know who has like the top three picks, but it's not that big of a deal. It's kind of like you get a notification on your phone, you move on, you don't really watch it. This year, the reason it was so big and Tori's reaction was a lot better when we did this live. <laughs> she knows where I'm going with this now is because of certain draft prospects that are in the draft. Yeah. A particular draft prospect as a player from overseas, Victor Wembanyama, Which is apparently, like you said last time, the unicorn of basketball, which is like so hard for me to picture. How can you be like that good that no one else has ever done it before? It's Kevin Durant and Porzingis are the closest things. The and way I don't think that they're like the best thing in the NBA. Kevin Durant is extremely close to he out does lebron he's number two to lebron it's right there okay and like starting next year he'll be regarded as like the best player in the nba either him or Giannis from milwaukee yeah or maybe the big man from denver yoji uh nikolai Jokic. he's he's kind of a we're seeing these big guys more and more have handles yeah but it's going from like hold your own handles to like legit like they're going to blow by any big man, and any guard you put on them, they're like a foot taller than them. The one thing I'll say with these big guys, and you haven't mentioned his height yet, but injury prone. Yeah. So we, so Chet Holgram that came out of Gonzaga, he's built a lot like him, and he got hurt playing pickup basketball before his rookie season. And I had said, and I was nervous when he was in college that he was going to get hurt. Because right. it was such a big deal that he was going there and everything. And I was like, I'm just so nervous. He has no weight on him. And those big guys are very injury prone. And thank goodness he got through the year. But man, like as soon as he got drafted, he got hurt. Yep. So Tori's a big Gonzaga Bulldog fan for college basketball. Yeah. When we were doing our episode over the weekend, the first thing I asked her, I was like, we were going over it, and she's. I was like, do you know who the top prospect coming out this year is? And she was like, Drew, Drew Tim- Timmy. Drew Timmy? <laughs> Who's? Apparently, according to you, is going to go undrafted. I said it's a possibility. He probably won't. He'll, he'll be a second-round draft pick. And then he's going to come out like Desmond Bain and kill it. So I looked up in projected draft for Drew Timmy and did some research and stuff, and he's projected to go in the second round. Like lower second round? Yeah. Teams are worried because he can't switch on to guards. And that's, apparently, that is a very, very important thing in today's NBA. His biggest downfall, and we're kind of getting inside to Andrew, but his biggest downfall is defense. We watched him the last two years, and we're so frustrated. Everyone in the league switches. Yeah. They all switch. You they have to. They don't go over the top. They don't go underneath. They just switch. Everyone just plays man up, and they just switch everything. You have to, and the league has gone less toward the Shaq type big man. Mm-hmm. So it's like switching isn't that big of a deal because it's like every, it's like five out guard now. Yeah. So, anyways, Timmy's not going to be first-round draft pick. Victor Wimbanyana is. Matter of fact, they're calling him the greatest prospect of all time over LeBron. LeBron was the greatest prospect. That's just such, like, a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around. So, Tori's like, every year there's the new greatest prospect. No, every year there's prospects that they talk about highly regarded. No, this is... They've been calling this guy the number one pick for two years, and they've done that to a couple other guys before, but every year this guy... Have you seen 
videos of him playing. Yeah. Is it insane? You would think he's like flying around all over the place. He's so big. It's it's not like that. It is impressive. So let's let's kind of get into Victor Wimbignana's background. Okay. So he's 19 years old. He was born in 2004. And he's like the mythical creature of basketball. Nobody knows how tall this guy is. Yeah. He's listed anywhere from 7'2". To all the way to 7'6". LeBron was being asked about him on an interview, and even he's like, whatever, 7'3", 7'4", 7'5". Has he been to the Combine? No, he did not go to the Combine. So they didn't do all his measurables or anything? No. He's like, I don't need to go, I'm too good. He's already playing professional sports. He's already getting paid to play basketball. Yeah, like, overseas. I'm not going to the Combine. Yeah. No. Yeah, I've got basketball to play over here. I have a paycheck to make. <laughs> like... He's not doing that. Yeah, even LeBron's like seven four, seven whatever, seven whatever he is. He's seven foot. Like, yeah. So he's already been playing professionally for four years. So a lot like Luca's story. Mm -hmm. He's been playing professionally since he was 15 years old. He's already won a championship in France. MVP, best scorer, best defender, all-star game MVP, two-time all-star, three-time best young player of the year. He's over there just dominating France. Did Luca get any of those awards? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Luca. Luca led him to Real Madrid to a championship. He was getting all kinds of awards. Well, we too. saw what he did in the Olympics too. Yeah, like, took Serbia to a medal. This guy is like seven five. Let's call it seven five. He's okay. ginormous, very skinny though, but he has extremely good handles and extremely good jump shot. Handle, step back, harden, step back, shoot over anybody. Like from the three-point line? Yes, from anywhere on the floor. Yeah. Anywhere on the floor. He's bringing the ball down, crossing you over, pulling up. And there's no one that can contest his shot. And then on the defensive end, he's lining up in front of the rim like Rudy Gobert, and he's just swatting everything. He's like averaging like five blocks a game. He can move really, really well, so which means he can defend any position. Yeah. Guards aren't just blowing by him. If you have a big man, he's just going to go right by your big man. And if you switch a guard onto him, it's like a 12-year-old child trying to contest his shot. Like, he's literally a foot taller. He'll be a foot and a half taller than any small guard. I feel like with him in the paint, too, there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to drive in there. No, yeah. Get a every, shot off. Everyone that drives, he, he affects every single shot. It's yeah. like Yao Ming that can shoot threes. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's can, like he that's basically in NBA terms two players for one. Yeah, and he can handle the ball. It's like Steph Curry would be like I level with his nipples. <laughs> this dude is ridiculously tall. Like his top of his head almost hits the bottom of the net. Yeah. Like his wrist is at the rim when he reaches his arm up. Yeah. So He's extremely tall, extremely long. I hope he can stay healthy. That's the only thing. He focuses on his, his mobility a lot, his pregame mobility. He's out there barefoot doing okay. like all the toe drills, like literally all the way down to his toes. I bet he knows he has like very low chances of being healthy. Yeah. So what was crazy about this draft lottery is like this dude is so, like even when Zion came out out of Duke, everyone was like 95% sure Zion was going to be the number one pick. But it wasn't like set in stone. Like you never know. What if they trade it? What if they, what if like, so New Orleans that year won the draft lottery unexpectedly. Yeah. And they were like, New Orleans could trade the pick for a whole bunch of future picks. You know what I mean? Like what if they want to use the number one pick as bait and get three first round picks and let a crappy team draft Zion? 
So whoever gets this first round pick, you don't think they would in any circumstance trade? You could offer them planet Earth and they would say no. That's <laughs> like, how highly thought of this like, guy is. Yeah. Five first round draft picks, Kevin Durant, everybody like unless you're trading We'll buy LeBron from you from no. the from the Lakers. Bring him over. We'll buy Stephen he's, Curry. Bring him over, no, and then we'll trade them all to you. He's too. Those are all too old. You would have to like offer like Luca and whatever Luca in like Denver's big man and like five first round picks or something. Yeah, you'd have to like literally offer up a championship ready roster to get this first this number one overall pick. That's crazy. No one's giving it up. Yeah. And if you're the GM that trades away this guy, you're fired the next year. <laughs> if you don't win a ring, you have one season. Yeah. Hope you win it if you trade away this guy because you're fired immediately. Because he's also like brand new blood. So like you have such a long time with him if he stays healthy. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's get into the lottery. So I'm watching this draft lottery and they do, they pick the lottery behind the scenes and then they bring all the they figure out the draft order and then they bring all the GMs or executives or team representatives sometimes they have former players and they put them in their little booths and they do like a little TV show out of it it's like an hour long well they count down the 14 overall pick goes to blah 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 and then they get all the way down and they call out the number 3 overall pick which leaves two teams and they build all the suspense so it was between San Antonio Spurs and the Charlotte Hornets which another little thing is like, you probably don't know this, but Michael Jordan is selling the Charlotte Hornets. He's, I didn't know that. He doesn't want to be owner anymore. So he said, er y'all are trash. I'm done. Yes. He's You're tanking my legacy. I'm way too competitive for this. <laughs> yeah. I might come out of retirement there because y'all have trashed my name so there bad. There was a lot of rumors that if the Charlotte Hornets could win the number one overall pick, it would keep Michael Jordan as owner. Probably. Because they were like, oh, new, whatever. So it was between Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs. Both these team reps are up there. They call out the number one overall pick goes to the San Antonio Spurs. And whoever, GM, whoever it was for the Spurs, literally like stood up and was like, yeah, and like cheered and clapping. And like, you never see that. It's usually more like a respectful, like yeah. golf clap and handshake and handshake. This dude's pumped. On the flip side, you got old Victor over here at home in France. He's got his whole family at the house. This dude's watching the draft lottery like it's the actual draft. Like he's getting selected. He's wearing a suit. They got a whole camera crew. Got his whole family there. Because I just feel like that's so cocky. Like, bro, what if you get hurt before he's still going number one? This dude could be in an ICU in a hospital bed and still go number one. Like two t amputated legs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm 5'11 now. <laughs> I can still shoot. <laughs> Just got nubs. Anyways. Still number one, over, <laughs> one overall. Still yeah. got it. So this dude's at home. Full draft watch party. All his family's there. And he is rooting for the Spurs hard. He wants to go. He wants to go because... So he can eventually be traded to the Mavs. No. I'm just kidding. Anyways. Yeah. If you... If put two and two together, Spurs, Greg Popovich is still there. What was the Spurs dynasty made of? It was Tim Duncan and a whole bunch of overseas players. 
Primarily, Tony Parker, who's also from France. Victor is from France. He's got that overseas connection that can mentor him. Tim Duncan, so they call the Spurs. Victor is like all happy. He's hugging his family. He knows he's going to the Spurs. He's already doing interviews. Like, I can't wait. He's already came out with a statement saying that I'm not trying to wait around. I'm trying to get a ring as fast as possible with the Spurs. Like, he's already, he's not officially a San Antonio Spur for like another two months. No, uh, like six weeks. And he's already like, I'm ready to go win a ring. Plot twist. That would be a plot twist. Yeah. If they like trade the overall number one overall pick. No, not happening. I'm like low key like rooting for that now. So Tim Duncan's already said that he's going to come back and mentor Victor while they're at home. He's going to work with him and be like someone to look up to. Kind of like how Dirk was the Luca. Yeah. So it's, it was just mind blowing to me that I'm like, when I saw all this stuff, I'm like, bro, it's the draft lottery. Yeah. This dude has a TV crew. You're going to do this all again in six weeks when you actually get drafted? He might not even show up. <laughs> Doesn't even show up for the in-person draft? Yeah. Not even there? He might He might just be like... Yeah. Oh. like It was like literally watching the NFL draft when players are at home and they get picked and their family like swarms them. You know what I mean? So Crazy. This dude's going to be... Now we'll have to watch... When's the draft? It's like six weeks. Okay. It's right after the finals. I like watching the NBA draft because it's like the NFL draft is just so long. Yeah, this one's like two hours. Yeah. And, it, the, and it's done. The yeah. NFL draft's like five days. It's so long. Yeah, it's really three days. So let me real quick to finish up this topic. Let me go over this mock draft for you because then I started wondering. I'm like, I'm like, who else? I'm trying to think. So when we did this the other day, I was trying to get Tori to guess who the prospects were that were coming out. Drew Timmy. Second round. Second round, babe. And he had mentioned the national championship team, UConn. Yeah, you're still in my thunder here. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to get Tori to guess like prospects and stuff and she couldn't guess anyone, which is she usually can guess a few players because that's the thing she cares most about is college basketball. We watch a lot more of the women's. Well, no, we watched both. I watched the men's tournament all the way until Gonzaga got kicked out. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of like. I care, and usually it's a lot more entertaining, but this year's tournament was just so crazy, and who cares about UConn this year? A lot of underdogs. In San Diego State. Like, Mm -hmm. no one cares about them. So, we didn't really watch it. We watched a lot more of the women's, because, you know, if you know, you know. Like, it was super interesting, and like, all the tea. I I wish we were doing the podcast back then, because there was a lot. So, anyways. So, number two pick, mock draft, is... A player I immediately recognize, Brandon Miller. He's going to be a topic coming up soon on one of our episodes. So he's got some tea around him. But he was Alabama's star freshman. Alabama was number one overall seed in the tournament. That made sense. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know him. From there, we got a whole bunch of Albertsons grocery baggers, local HEB boys getting off their, their, their side job and then going and playing basketball. I mean, I know a lot of players, and I haven't heard of a lot of these guys. Scoot Henderson from the G League, Eamon Thompson from the G League. There's a lot of G League players. For real. And probably guys came straight out of high school and skipped college. Yeah. So, uh, Jerese Walker from U of H. They were good. I don't know his name. G League guy. Lame. Yeah. The only other big name I noticed, not being biased at all, is Grady Dick, 
who was a freshman out of Kansas. He's, he's mock draft to go to the Mavs. But if I saw his name on the mock draft, I'd be like, okay, yes, superstar freshman. Like, I get it. UConn won the national championship this year. They dominated everybody by 20 yeah. plus points, including Gonzaga. It made him look terrible. The game was over okay, by halftime. Bring it down. <laughs> so, chill. I'm scrolling through this mock draft and I cannot find a Yukon player. It takes me all the way to number 18, their shooting guard, who wasn't even like Yukon's big men were the reason they were dominating. The shooting guard wasn't even a reason they were in it like that. So, I don't know. Very weak draft, in my opinion. Spurs are getting Victor Wimanyana. In six weeks, you can tune into the draft for about 10 minutes, and then that's all you need to know. All that's right. what I That's what I had for uh, NBA draft lottery. On to me. What do you have for us? So, we're running a little long on time, so I'm going to leave our segment for next week. Yes. And we'll do that. Just to give you a little bit of a come back and listen. Teaser. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Is we're going to do a segment called Harper's Sports Diaries, and we're going to tell personal stories from our own sports lives. And the first one we're going to do, and we'll do this next week, I promise, is the... You have a name for it. It's called the Burpee Fudger. (laughs) I thought that was super clever. Yeah, so we do a lot of CrossFit. We compete a lot. Uh, We're not going to get into it. I'm not getting into it, but... But basically, I had a CrossFit competition, and we kind of caught someone cheating. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to get into it. But we'll You'll see. Y'all you guys can be the judge of that. Yeah, y'all can y'all can tell us if you think that And if you're a CrossFitter, you're gonna want to hear this. Yeah. And if any of our friends that are CrossFitters that know us, you've already heard a little bit about this. But we're gonna go into all the details. We haven't it's just such a long story that we yeah. haven't gone into all the little details of everything. All the deets. And it's very important. So it's mind blowing. Tune in next week for that. But we're gonna the move on. Burpee- What'd you say? Fudger. Fudger. Anyways. The burpee fudger. So I'm going to go into the next topic because I got gifted this whole... She asked for it and we've been doing so much work on this podcast, which Tori's done way more work than I have. And I'm very, very appreciative of her. She's really good at this stuff. But I'm like, I am exhausted with researching topics, talking about them, sitting here for hours and then being like, oh nope we gotta do it again yeah so i so i brought a topic and then we did that and i was like you know what i'm gonna change it we're gonna do a basketball topic and something that i'm pretty passionate about honestly like the more i'm researching it the more i'm like really into it and i'm like happy about it so what i'm i'm gonna talk about a couple things to do with this but i'm gonna talk about the WNBA today and i'm gonna talk about two things i'm gonna talk about where they're going wrong when it comes to promoting their players and potentially growing as, you know, the WNBA. And then I'm also going to talk about the revenue share drama that came out and we'll kind of get into that. But where I really want to start is that is with this year's women's NCAA championship game. So they got 9.9 million viewers Versus last year, they only got 4.8 million. So they doubled. Viewership. It was like 103%. And this is women's college final four. Yes. 
there, I, it was just a championship game. Sure, but for people listening, we're talking about college basketball. Yeah. We're talking about the national championship. So a lot of people are saying, you know, they got more viewers than the men. That's kind of a misconception, to be honest. I'll be real. The men had 14.7 million viewers on average, and the women only had 9.9, which that's not a huge difference. That's monumental because that's so close. Yeah. Like, it's usually like three to one. So last year, the men's championship game had 17.08 million, and it went down to 14.7. And so the swing last year was women only have 4.8 million to 17 million. Like, that's a huge difference. Three to one. Yeah, that's huge. And so... Really, four to one. It kind of got people talking about women's basketball, which was really awesome. And all of the personalities, and you can go into all the arguments. I'm not going to go into it, but... The Caitlin Clark effect. I think it's freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And the Angel Reese effect. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to get into first is the cuts that have happened in the WNBA that are kind of making people upset. The salary caps and teams are only able to take 12 players, with some staying at actually 11. Some teams only stay at 11 players. Because they have that choice. The max is 12 players. There have been a plethora of notable roster cuts. So notable 2023 draft picks that have been waived from the WNBA is LSU guard Alexis Morris, former South Carolina star Bria Bale, and former Iowa center Monica, I don't know how to say her last name. Is it Cezano? Something like that. All three really big names this year in college basketball. Really big. Brought a lot of hype to women's basketball. They were part of a lot going on. Huge role players in the Final Four. Yes. Especially Monica. Mm-hmm. And I know she's like a little slower and like a true like post and stuff. Like a true Timmy type. Yeah, you can get in all of it. But only 15 of the 36 picks from the 2023 WNBA draft made roster to start this season, totaling only 42%. What are we doing? Why even have a draft? Or why have, why just have one round? 15 players out of 36 drafted made the team. Like, yeah. what so, a waste of time. So, also, second year WNBA player, Indiana Fevers, Destiny Henderson, and Baylor alumni D.D. Richards have also been waived. But someone else who was waived was the Wings player Collier, and she was the first pick in last year's draft. Yeah, so Dee Dee Richards from Baylor, superstar. Yeah. Known for her really big buns. And then Collier from UConn, superstar. She got cut, and she was the number one pick last year. The number one overall pick? Number one overall pick. Are you positive about that? So this is what she posted on Twitter. A first round pick or a number one pick? Let me read it. Today is a hard day, but I'm proud of the work I put in to get here and know there are better things ahead. I went overseas, grew as a person, and got better. All the feedback I got through camp was positive. Today I was told that if not for injuries at other spots, I would have been on the team. That's a hard thing to hear. To be a number one pick is a privilege, and it comes with pressure. First round pick, babe. It says number one pick. That's what they... They'll to be a number one pick. That's what they. It's so confusing. They do that every time. If you're a first round pick, you were that team's number one pick in the draft. You weren't the number one overall pick. Former number one overall pick Charlie Collier was been has been waived by Dallas Wings pick of 2021. So two years ago. Oh, 2021. Babe, she's still the number one overall pick. And she was a number one overall pick. Yeah. Wow. 
I do not remember. I do remember, I think, maybe now that you read that. So the thing I I want to get into with this specifically is you might not agree with me, but is there a, a politics problem in the WNBA? And it's like one of those things where I'm now convinced that the players are running the league more than when it comes to who stays and who goes, than the coaches, than the GMs, than all of that. And it's like, I feel like they're they're putting more of a value on the players that have been there longer yeah. than the new players coming in. Yeah, and you might be onto something. I don't know enough about it. That's yeah, definitely... I'm, I'm very... I'm. These are literally just assumptions. Theories. Theories, yeah. And it, that could be a good route because there's... The WNBA is very veteran dominated. Yes. Very veteran. I mean, the last like rookie to come in and do go like actually make an impact is Brianna Stewart. But yep. everyone knew she's Love her. Four time NCAA champion. She lost like one game in four years. Yeah. Like she's like Maya Moore. And another thing is so I don't want to get too touchy. I don't want to get people Y'all don't come at me crazy. My point is, is the WNBA is very veteran driven. And one of the reasons is, is don't come at me, but women aren't as athletic. So they're not flying through the air, sacrificing their body. And they're able to play for 46 years. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like the, the longevity of women in the WNBA blows my mind. You only get 12 roster spots and seven of those roster spots have been the same players since 1932. Literally? Like... I'm not arguing with you. No, literally. Sylvia Fowles was like 45 and she was still the best center in the league. Like, their bodies don't break down because they do layup lines every night to score. (laughs) Like, they're not... They're not sprinting. I mean, they are sprinting at the fastest they can sprint. I mean, let me put this into perspective for you, babe. So, growing up, like... As in child, I was a fan of a few girls in the Diana WNBA. Taurasi, Sue Bird, yes, Sylvia like, Fowles, super fan. And then you brought up the other day, Sue Bird in something, or not the other day, it was like a year ago or something. And I was like, she's still playing. Yeah, she played for like over twenty years, and that's the thing is, some. I mean, LeBron's doing it. Only three players have really done it in the NBA. Dirk, yeah. Kobe, and LeBron. Uh, if you want to say Jordan, there's been a handful of stars that made it 20 years. But year 20 was a shell of themselves. Yes. Like, bro, you're you're just out here for no reason now. You have these girls literally still taking their teams to national championships. They're still winning gold medals. And they're like 41 and like leading the league in assists. And like Which extremely is like, effective. You're cutting these young players and you're not giving them time to develop a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's just so poorly ran. It's When you told me that stat, it's like mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? You're yeah. Way, these are superstars in college. Yeah. So it just, I honestly also like coming off of that 9.9 million viewership, if they don't get this in check by next year, like, babe, imagine Caitlin Clark comes in, plays two years and then gets cut. Yeah. You're not utilizing her whatsoever. Mm -hmm. She has brought, which again, these are all assumptions. I'm not saying this is going to happen. She could last 30 years for all I know. Right. But they're not utilizing these players that, and like the NBA does a really good job of this. Their players are basically influencers now, too. And WNBA has a similar problem baseball does. Baseball doesn't market their players either. Mm, like, I didn't know that. It's, it's like, terrible. Like, Mike Trout's the best baseball player on the planet. And, like, no one even knows who Mike Trout is. You need to be getting them on social media. They need to be basic. They basically need to be influencers. 
Right. They need to be making waves on social media. So you should be able to rattle off the top five players of any league. And they should be known to like everyone in America if you know anything about sports. Yeah. So that's just one side of it. So then the other thing I wanted to get into with the WNBA is the revenue share problem. And I did a little more deeper research into this because I remember we were talking about it and we didn't know the exact numbers or how it worked and all that stuff. So I got all the numbers and it is kind of crazy. And so I want to start with what started this conversation. And that was when Kelsey Plum went on that podcast and she had made the comment that there's a big misconception about WNBA pay and the pay gap and everything. And so I'm going to read exactly what she said. So I remember that, which I love Kelsey Plum, by the way. Right. I'm just reiterating this for the people that don't know. You know where she went to school? UConn? No. I don't know. UW. Washington oh. Huskies. All-time leading scorer in NCAA history. I definitely did not know that. Honestly, I didn't know her before this, so I'm not surprised. She's pretty cool. So what she said was, we're not asking to get paid what the men get paid. We're asking to get paid the same percentage of revenue share. She called the idea that WMA players want to get paid the same amount as NBA players a huge misconception. In the NBA, they have percentage of revenue shared for the players. So jersey sales, obviously their TV contracts, but because their CBA negotiate where the owners are making certain types of money, the players get that as well. In the WNBA, that's not the case. So she said, I don't think I should get paid the same as LeBron, but the percentage of revenue, like for example, they sell my jersey in Mandalay Bay, I don't get a dime. So that's the stuff we're talking about. And I remember we looked this up the other night and we were kind of talking about it and we didn't really understand it that well about how WNBA players get 50% of the revenue after the set goal revenue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to get into the specifics because I actually found the amount of percentage that they actually get from the total revenue. And so the WNBA is projected to bring in between 180 and 200 million and they've actually been going up over the year, the last few years. So in 2019, they brought in 102 million. And they're in 2022, their amount of revenue that they got shrunk from 11% to 9.3%. The players? The players literally got 9.3% of the revenue in 2022. Yeah. And the NBA, they get 50%. And so let me kind of break this down. So for who's, right now... Who's leading your players union, ladies? So I did some research on that. And apparently they had negotiated, a, you know, a contract or something in the regards... CBA agreement. CBA agreement until 2025. So they can't renegotiate until 2025. Well done, ladies. Well done. They, I don't, I don't know. I don't know all the specifics of like that agreement and everything like that, but they need to become guns firing in 2025. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. That's why there's been strikes before. That's why there's been seasons cut short. One of the years in the NBA, they, they didn't even have a champion that year. Yeah. Because the players were like, bro, if we don't play, you don't have a league. You don't have a choice. I don't understand why they haven't done that yet. So we talk about on the men's side all the time. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. And the sports talk radio that I listen to, I love it because they really put it in perspective is 
so many people are like, oh, y'all are spoiled, rotten. You make all hundreds of millions. Why are you always asking for more? Everyone gets mad at the players. No one ever gets mad at the owners. And it's like, y'all think the players are, what's the word I'm looking for? Like entitled? Yeah. The owners are like billionaires. Like, like. Like rolling in money. The players are only asking for a fraction. And that's like you at work saying you're worth more and you want to raise. Say you're high level upper management at your job and you do really well. You make 120K a year. But in five years, you've seen the company's revenue went up $25 million. And you're like, hey, I'm worth 150K a year now, not 120K. Well, to most Americans, 120K a year is like, that's a really good salary. But if you're justifying it by I'm worth more now because the company's worth more now, no one's going to balk at it. These players are doing the exact same thing in these CBAs. Like, bro, the league was here. Yeah. Now it's here. I'm still here. Yep. Like, I know it's a big number in our minds because we're like peasants, but it's only fair and it's generational wealth that's going to get passed down. If you don't do those things, you you start creating serious monopolies. And the thing that I'm also concerned about is like if those if that money's not going to the players, where is it going? It's going to the owner's pockets. Yeah. 100%. That's where it's going. Yeah. Jerry Jones flying his helicopter into the stadium. Uh, Jerry Jones ain't dealt with traffic in 30 years. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's going in the owner's pockets if it doesn't go into the player's pockets. And then before you know it, that's why you got to be careful because then there's only 300 people control every penny the earth has. So we're not going to get into the money debate too much. But now I'm going to go into the NBA versus WNBA stats and things like that because a lot of people will bring up comparing the WNBA to the NBA and I don't think that's a fair argument. And so I want to bring up why that's not a fair argument. And so there's some of the technical things that are different. They want to go into like the game differences um, when it comes to like four quarters versus halves and whatever we're not gonna get into that is the WNBA still playing they play quarters right yes but they went into that the nba is 12 minutes long and the WNBA is 10 minutes long they need to bump it to 12 so those girls careers won't last as long <laughs> cycle through these get some of these young bucks in here man get some get some more get some more pressure on those knees yeah i don't know i've had two acl tears from basketball so i don't know how these girls are lasting so long well they recover i'm good now so they'll recover and then they'll have 10 more years they take one year off. I mean, they bump into each other four times a game. Like, what are, what are we talking hey, about? Hey, I played women's basketball. It's brutal. <laughs> you get scratches all over your body. Those girls are mean. Like, I Look, have confidence issues. I jumped six inches off the ground today, and that's a lot of pressure on my ankle. I have... You, the guys don't have to deal with the trash talk of women. It's a whole other level. It's more of a psychology game, and then men are like, I'll just beat you up. I'll punch you in the face. Yeah, we don't do that. They'll like tear you down limb from limb Mentally. about your body. Like, like, yeah. Your love it, handles? Pretty much. <laughs> They'll be like squeezing it and be like, you have some really nice no. love handles. They'll be like, thanks. Now I feel fat. Now I can't make a layup. Oh, well, I couldn't make it anyway, so. <laughs> Chill. 
You send me, maybe, to, the free, just send me to the free throw line. I'm money from there. You're talking so much trash, and you're the number one person that can't make a layup. <laughs> That's fine. I don't call myself a professional athlete. I'm just saying. But you, I will say this. Don't foul those girls. They're they're money from the free throw line. <laughs> That's facts. Been shooting free throws since they came out of the womb. <laughs> Facts. Men cannot make free throws. Yeah, that's a that's the insane thing about watching women's basketball is you watch men's basketball and oh my, it, every year it gets worse. It like literally guards. You see like the stats of like sixty percent become more common from the free throw line when it used to be more common to have like 75-80%. It's pathetic. It's awful. Anyways, so we're going to get into the differences. So, NBA versus WNBA, revenue, NBA is 10 billion, WNBA is 60 million. Revenue. So, this is this is specifically for I want to say 2017. So, okay. this is like a while ago. So, the I just liked it because it did a deep comparison of year by year. You pulled some old stats when, yeah, their, sorry. when their revenue is now like over $100 million. Yeah, but it's NBA's also gone up. Average salaries, NBA is 9.6 and WNBA won 102000 So ticket price difference is the average ticket price for the NBA is $94 and for the WNBA is $47, which isn't really like it doesn't seem like that far. But when we get into average attendance, it's a big difference. Highest paid player, Stephen Curry, $48 million. In 2017. In 2017. And then it was Joel Lloyd. I don't even know who that is. Joel Lloyd. Ju- Joel Lloyd. Notre Dame, national champion. Okay. $228,094. Which, to us, that seems like a lot of money. Yeah, and this is not really telling the true tale of the tape here. You know what I mean? We don't. I know. I just want to put out the difference between the NBA and the WNBA. Because sure. that's a lot of people's argument. Yeah. Um, the whole point is shared revenue. That's what... Salary caps are based off of, two. how much can we pay these players? Where's the money going to come from? So you that's one way... Salary, the WNBA has a salary cap. I know they do. The reason when you hear stuff like this in sports, when you're like, yeah, the cap's going up this year. You know why the salary cap's going up? Is because the revenue sharing is going up because the NFL or NBA is now making more money. They signed a new TV contract. Now we can pay our players more. I think the biggest thing here is the argument isn't, can we compare the WNBA to the NBA? No. It really is, why is only 9.6% of revenue going to... In 2022. Yeah, in 2022. Yeah, only 9% of the revenue, and it went down from 11%. Yeah. That's what people got to focus on is just like Kelsey Plum brought up. It was like, there's a misconception. It's like, you need to focus on percentages, people, not numbers. You got to focus on the percentage. So, yeah, that's pretty piss poor that only 9% of the revenue went to the players. And if it keeps going the way it's going, because especially when Caitlin Clark gets in the WNBA and like if they somehow figure it out how to, you know, market her, then like it said, the projections are 180 million to 200 million. Which and is that percentage good. is going to continue to go down. Well, yeah, they need to fix that. And they're, they've got a major management problem in the NBA, or I'm sorry, in the WNBA. Yeah, I honestly feel like they need management. It's weird. It's just so weird. Like, they're not, and also only 9% is going to the players. Like you said, the rest of the money, where is it going? You're not investing in your league. Like, 
And I, not enough people care right now. So no one's digging. The last I checked, the Dallas Wings here in North Texas play at UTA. Yeah. University of Texas at Arlington. If you're if you're only paying out 9% to your players, why can't you get a better location? Yeah, why are you playing in a freaking small local college arena? Yeah. Like what? You can't work out. The stars are out of the playoffs. NBA is not going on. You can't talk to Mark Cuban and play in the American Airlines Center. Hockey's over. Basketball's over. The season WNBA just started. Why are you not playing at the AAC? I think some people would say, well, then it would look more empty because no one goes. Oh, well, it's a better quality game environment. environment. Load up the bottom bowl. Courtside seats. Yeah. Like better concessions, better environment. Get your same AAC crew that works for the Mavericks. Employ those people for the wings. There's ways around it. Like figure it out, people. Like you can block that stuff out on TV and make it look better. Yeah. Yep. I think that's an ongoing argument. And I definitely, I think it's going to get a little more interesting when Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese kind of go into the WNBA. The other problem though too is none of these girls have the option to not finish college yeah and yeah that's so another problem is they have to like they're like i don't know the rules on it but they're like forced to play all four years yeah we were talking and like you kind of like rashly threw out like the WNBA needs to pair up with the nba and like market with them and i'm like you said no i said no because you don't want to be the little brother yeah people already don't respect you as it is and you don't need to ride their coattail like you need to build your own brand well I just saw the other day when I was doing research for my topic that the Washington Wizards just hired a new GM. Apparently, he's some protege that's been working with the Clippers for a while. He's like 43 years old. He is in charge of full basketball operations for the Washington Wizards and now fully in charge of the Washington Mystics for the WNBA. So he's going to partner them together in some way. Well, he's the GM for both teams. He's literally a GM for both teams. No, I know. So he's going to partner them in some way. I guess. I just think... Maybe he'll bridge that gap. The other thing that people are saying, which I think this is... They need to wait on this. I was like, y'all need to slow down and figure out your internal issues before you even think about doing this. Is Everyone's like, WMA needs to expand. More teams. No, no, definitely negative. Don't need that. Let's figure out your issues first. Yeah, you're gonna move a team to Amarillo Grasshoppers, and you're gonna be in <laughs> debt. You're gonna be in straight debt because you can't bring money in. Like, like let's figure even, out how to market our players. You can't even bring a fan base to your established teams. Yeah, and get them hyped. Like, anyways, yeah. If you need a marketing expert, hit me up. <laughs> I'm just saying this whole dual GM thing, you. Washington Wizards go oh and how do you know how many games they play? I'm sorry, Mystics. The Mystics go oh and fifty five years in a row. Bet that guy doesn't lose his job. Let the Wizards have three losing seasons in a row. Bet he loses his job. Who is he going to be more focused on? The Wizards or the Mystics? Yeah. He don't give a damn about building the Mystics roster in the future and making that team. No. Yeah. It's like his little, hey, we need you to take this job, but you need to babysit this team over here. Just keep just keep players on the floor. It's only a 12-man roster anyways. So you don't even have to sign your draft picks. You can just cut them. <laughs> like, 
It's the a easiest joke. job you've ever had. Actually, you don't even run the team. Actually, the players run the it's team. It's a joke. So, like, you don't have to do anything because the players make the decisions. Like, what are y'all doing? Y'all don't need to work together. You know what you need to do? You need a poach from the NBA. Go get Greg Popovich to be a coach one of your teams. Bet you get some stuff built up. Yeah. Go get some famous. Get LeBron to retire and coach one of these teams. Like, for real. Like, go get a big-name NBA coach. It's Who was the player for the Mavs that he coached his daughter's AAU forever? Jason Terry? Yes. Why didn't you poach him? He's obviously interested in women's basketball. Yeah. There's Becky Hammond possibly being the first-ever women's head coach in the NBA is a bigger story. Like, they're... They're using you as the like minor league system. Yeah. They're using the WNBA to develop coaches. Like, in my mind, quit partnering with these people. So the WNBA, this is the last topic, then we got to move on. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say, the WNBA also, after they cut all those girls, were like, we're just really disappointed that the WNBA doesn't have a system like the G League to mentor these girls and bring them up and all this stuff. And I'm like, y'all can't afford that. Yeah. And y'all have way bigger issues. Like, why are you cutting your first round draft pick? Hold on. Why do you have a 12-man roster, but only 9% of revenue is going to the players? Yeah. You act like you can't afford to carry more players on your roster. Facts. Carry 15 girls and develop the bench. The low end of the salary in the WNBA is like 50, 60,000. Yeah, it's it's a joke. I feel bad for them. It's not as bad as people make it seem because they're like, Curry gets hundreds of millions and they get 100K. Well, guys, 1,200 people are showing up. That's why I was trying to kind of bring and, up the NBA versus WNBA because yeah, it doesn't make sense. Half the people that show up don't even want to buy the popcorn there. Yeah. Like, Anyways. Okay, we got to move on to topic three. Okay, we're moving on. This topic will be a little faster. Okay. Mainly because we're deep in it. We're running out of time. Okay. My third topic is about this year's crazy head coaching carousel. Have you heard about all this? No. Head coaches left and right. Fired. 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 In which sport? NBA. Okay, we're sticking to basketball. Yeah, this is all basketball. I hope you love basketball, guys. (laughs) Didn't Uh, do this on purpose. uh, Yeah, so we're going basketball themed. Okay. Yes, NBA, head coaching carousel. I'm announcing it now. We have an epidemic. We have a serious problem. It's already been a problem for a while, but we have a serious problem going on. Okay. Because right now, as it sits, I could go coach the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, no. Like, there's... That is pretty bad. What are the... (laughs) (laughs) What are the coaches doing? What what, What Do we need coaches? What, like... Why are these franchises putting so much weight? Let me let me kind of get into it. So, can I ask a quick question before we get into that? Are coaches getting fired more than GMs? I would say yes. So they're putting a lot more weight on the coaches than the GMs. Putting a lot of blame on these coaches. And so, okay, so let me let me add some more context to this. Okay. It's winning coaches getting fired left and right. What? But they're not winning... T- Actually, take that back. They're winning titles and everything. Four of the last five NBA champions. So let me pull up the last five NBA champions. Okay, so last year's champion, Golden State Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the Warriors, Steve Kerr. 
doing a great job. He's been coaching there since 2015. So Steve Kerr's still there coaching the Warriors. 2021 Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Mike Budenholzer. He's been coaching the Bucks for a while. They won a championship. Giannis, yep, Greek the Freak, yep. fired this year. He's gone. Toast. Done with. 2020 Lakers. Frank Vogel, head coach of the Bubble Championship Lakers, yep. gone. Fired. Out of here. So Golden State coach gone. No, you're no. not. You're adjusting your mic, squirreling out. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks coach gone. Yes. Los Angeles Lakers coach gone. Yeah. Why are you repeating what I'm saying? Because I want to make sure. Okay. Golden State's still there. 2021 Bucks fired. 2020 Lakers Vogel fired. 2019 Nick Nurse champion. Yep. Head coach Nick Nurse fired. Golden State, Golden State. 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers Tyron Lue was there. Mm-hmm. Fired. He's gone. He's so not the there anymore. The only one sticking it out is the Golden State coach. Yep. And then you got Golden State, San Antonio, Miami Heat. So Spurs, Popovich, Miami Heat, Eric Spoltra, they're still there. We, especially these last five years. Yeah, that's crazy. Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, they all just won recent championships. They all fire their head coaches. Okay, uh, why? Because they have to come out with a statement, right? Not really. No. They just say bye. We're like, letting, we're, no. we're parting ways. We're going to go a different direction. Yeah. So let me go over, let me go over the coaches that were fired this year alone. So Nick Nurse, Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. was fired this year. Mike Budenholzer for the Milwaukee Bucks, fired this year. It was like, whoa. Monty Williams for the Phoenix Suns. You know how good the Phoenix Suns have been doing, right? Yeah. Fired him this year. When they didn't make the finals, fired. And they've been in the semifinals three years in a row. They went to the Western Conference Finals and all that. Yeah, fired. Doc Rivers with the 76ers. Yeah. Do you know who Doc Rivers is? Yeah. What is he famous for? Didn't he coach the Celtics? Yeah. Yeah, I need the sound effects where it's like ding 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 ding. <laughs> when you get something right. Yeah. I need sound of, yeah. Doc. I was mad at him when he left. Yeah, so he has been coaching the 76ers. He had an MVP on his team this year, Joel Embiid. Well, they got eliminated from the playoffs, fired. You're out of here, Doc. We're tired of it. It's the weirdest thing, like, I don't know, like, some of these things I'm like, maybe, and then some I'm like, what's going on? Okay, so, I need some explanation now. So, in my opinion, this really started with Dwayne Casey. So, Dwayne Casey. Super familiar. I can't, I don't know who he is, but that sounds really familiar. Long, long time head coach in the NBA. He's been a head coach in the NBA since 2005. Dwayne Casey, he coached Minnesota for two years, and then he went to Toronto in 2011. His first two years in Toronto, he missed the playoffs. They had losing records. Then in 2013, he starts really, they start really coming together, building a solid team in Toronto. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this. These are the days of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. No. So those two were like the best backcourt in the NBA. They were really building around these people. Super solid backcourt. These two were electric. His first two years, he loses in the first round of the playoffs. They had 48 wins, 49 wins. And then in 2015, they had 56 wins and they went to the conference finals. So they lost right before the championship. Yeah. People were really, they won their division all three of those years as well. So he's really building something in Toronto. They end up drafting uh, in 2016, they end up drafting Pascal Siakam from Africa. He's actually like an all-star now. He's like an every year all-star in the NBA. 
So they start building around these people. They win 51 games in 2016, losing the conference semis. And then 2017-18, they win 59 games. They get first in the Atlantic. They're the number one overall seed in 2018 in the East. They're the best team in the East. They lost in the conference semis in the second round. Dwayne Casey was named Coach of the Year that year. NBA Coach of the Year, number one overall seed. He goes to the second round, and he plays this guy named LeBron James. (laughs) I don't think I've heard of him. Yeah, so here's my problem is he loses in round two to LeBron James, and the Toronto Raptors fired him that year. Even though he's been on like a uphill. He was just slope. named coach of the year. He was voted the best coach in the entire NBA. And they said, we're going to let you go. We're going to go a different direction. What? Yes. So really, we're at the point where it's like win or nothing. Literally. And, and, and only one team can win every single year. To his fairness, three years in a row, he was eliminated by LeBron. Yeah. Three years in a row. This is... if And if, this is like LeBron's prime. Guys, if y'all remember, 2015 to 2018 was the super heavyweight bout when Cleveland Cavaliers was playing the Golden State Warriors every year in the finals. They faced each other four years in a row in the finals. LeBron won one. Golden State won three of them. This man is literally going up against... A LeBron James in his prime on a mission. Yeah. Like, this guy was dropping game winners from the left side of his court, fading away off his left foot, shooting with his right hand off Literally the glass. Literally went back to Cleveland to get a championship. Yeah. Like, this was his only mission. Yes. Like, this dude was... He even said it on a podcast. He was like, dude, I was pulling shots out of my bag that I've never practiced in my life. He's hitting game winners with off the wrong foot with the wrong hand from the wrong side of the court, like, kissing it off the glass at the buzzer. Like, LeBron was on another level. They put the blame on... The coach. And this is when it all started to me. So, they, they put the blame on this coach, right? And then, the very next year... He gets a job in Detroit. He goes to coach the Pistons. Really respect. He just won coach of the year, for crying out loud. Yeah. Toronto Raptors bring in this guy named Nick Nurse in 2019. They also traded DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard and kept the rest of their team. So they pick up a superstar from the Spurs. They hire Nick Nurse, and they go and win a championship. Oh, man. So they basically win a championship the very next year. What is that thing you say when... Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. I fired him, and then we hire a new coach, and all of a sudden... We win. I knew it was the coach the whole time. It was the coach the whole time. I knew it. He didn't help build to get to that point. Nope. Nope. It's just like, if I close my eyes and count to 17 and then shoot this three. If I make it, that's what I need to do every time because that's the only way I can make I a three. I used to play my games like that. Yeah, that's confirmation bias. It only if works. If I make this three, this boy loves me. <laughs> okay. I'm not lying. I bet you're not. Uh, <laughs> Anyways. So Nick Nurse wins his championship. Well, the very next year, Kawhi Leonard leaves Toronto. Every year after that, Toronto's just getting worse and worse and worse. And this year, they let him go and they fired him, which in my opinion is like, it's not fair to Nick Nurse because they don't they traded away their superstar to gain a superstar. Yeah. They win a championship, superstar leaves. Now he has no superstars left. How is he supposed to win 
like he has no players. So I don't really know his full coaching capability because he won a championship with a team that he didn't really have to do a whole lot with. Yeah, he came in with like to a superstar team. Yeah. That's where it kind of started. Like this man wins coach of the year and then you get Mike Budenholzer who with the Bucks has 2019 conference finals, 2020 conference semis. 2021, he wins a championship. Giannis, Greek freak, he beat the Phoenix Suns in the finals where Monty Williams was the head coach. And then last year they lost in round two. And then this year they got upset in the first round by the Miami Heat. Mm. And no one thought Miami would make it this far this year. Correct. And so they get upset and then you fire your head coach. And it's like, man, what are you? You're just instant gratification. I literally was thinking when you said said this and started this, I'm like, is this the result of our instant gratification society that it's, we're creating? It's crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, why does the head coach always the fall guy? Like, why can't it be like, golly, we ran into a heat team and they upset us. Like, you really think his coaching is the reason? The, the Bucks were... The Bucks were the number one seed in the East this year. I understand if you build a solid team and you go three years and you you know, losing the first round all three years or, you know. Sure. I I totally get that. You just yeah. won a championship. You literally just won a championship. The first championship what? that city's ever seen. So if you win a championship, it's like you're automatically expected to win again. That's what the last few years, it's like, what's going on? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And like, you had the best record in the, in the East this year. If anything, don't take one series one year. That's not a big enough sample size. Why don't you take the 82 games that he coached you to the best record in the NBA? Yeah. The best record in the NBA, and you fire that man. You're going to bring someone else in. Who are they going to bring in? Are they going to bring in someone else who got fired? That's where I'm going with this. Oh, no. Did they bring in Doc? No. Oh. we We don't know yet. It's still open. It's still It's still open, so it's like... What are y'all? So now we have the 76ers, star player Embiid, open job position. Phoenix Suns, open job position, uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Toronto Raptors, they have some good young stars. They think they're about to tear that team down, though. Oh, Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, former MVP. Like, you have all these, like, the hottest teams in the NBA are. All without a head coach right now. You're not going to bring in, like, new, nobody. new blood from, like, a college team. Or, like, an assistant, up-and-coming assistant yeah. to coach. These All these teams have top five players in the NBA. You need a seasoned, respectful veteran to lead your team. It would be crazy if they all just, like, switched coaches. So that's what all this, they're all talking about, like, so what do y'all, so y'all are all unhappy with your championship pedigree coach so I'm going to fire this championship pedigree coach and go hire that championship pedigree coach, and we're all just going to play musical chairs. Oh, like, what'd you call it? Carousel? Is that why it's yes, called that? Yes, the carousel. That's so crazy. Yes, yeah, so the especially the Bucks and the Suns, two years ago they faced each other in the finals. What if they just swap head coaches and go back to the finals and face each other again? Like... That's so chaotic. It's crazy. So the latest development yesterday, breaking news, the Philadelphia 76ers hired Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors. So they fired Doc. Has he been coaching this whole time? Uh, He's coached the Raptors the last four years. Okay. That was his first ever head coaching job was with the Raptors. Okay. So he won the championship 
lost in the conference semis, missed the playoffs, lost in the first round. This year they went 500 and they missed the playoffs. So he just got hired to the 76ers and they just fired Doc. Yes. Correct? Yes. And so now they're going to hire a coach who also missed the playoffs? Correct. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And Wouldn't you go poach a coach from another team that did well? Yeah, he just missed the playoffs. So, like, Doc Rivers, you're not cutting it. I know you just led Embiid to an MVP season, and you brought the most out of our best player. It's Embiid's first ever MVP. No. And... 70- Sounds like a lot of guys with a lot of egos the 70- that are struggling. The 76ers have also a really weird dynamic they have to manage because they have James Harden as their starting point guard. I know how you feel about him. Yeah, he's awful. But anyways... <laughs> You got this really big personality. Like, do I go off for fifty? Do I pass? Do I let Embiid lead the team? What do I do? And I've seen a lot of videos and like insight where Doc Rivers has worked really well with James Harden. Now really? You, yeah, yeah, because he James Harden looks up to him. Also, James Harden likes to party a lot. Yeah, he stays out of shape. He's lazy. He's fat. He shows up to training camp chubby every year. Yep. Doc Rivers is trying he to stays like stays chubby, babe. Yes, Doc Rivers is trying to rejuvenate that. Now you got this Nick Nurse guy coming in, young, white. He also doesn't like. You may have at like et- some ethnicity like things that they don't understand. Like they don't. They don't have a whole lot in common, maybe, or something. Or maybe they'll kick it off. Who knows? But I know Doc Rivers is a very player coach. Yeah. He relates to his players and gets the most out of them. Doc Rivers has a really bad Game 7 curse. And he keeps losing every year in the playoffs. Ever since he won that title in 08, 09 and up, he's lost series after series when he's been up 3-2. That's because he shouldn't have left the Celtics. He's he's been up 3-2 or 3-1, babe, like eight times, and he's lost in Game 7 in all those series. He's like 0-8 when he leads a series 3-2. My thing is, you just fired a very high-respected coach for missing the playoffs, and then you hire a coach that also got fired for missing the playoffs. And a coach who maybe is his only claim to fame is a handed-to championship. Literally. A coach literally created that team for you you came in win and then it declined from there yeah the bucks is still open phoenix is still open there's rumors they're also considering up and coming assistance i don't know yeah it's just very weird to me like so gone are the days of greg popovich and eric spoltra yeah so people are really sleeping on eric spoltra he also goes by spo a lot of people don't really give him the respect he deserves because, I don't know, I'll get, get into a little bit about him because I don't know if you heard last night, Game 7, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. Miami Heat won Game 7 in Boston. They're going to the finals. I, I did. I only heard that because I got my car and Sports Talk Radio was on because you were driving my car for a while. <laughs> and I did hear that they moved on. I also heard, did the Stars lose? Yeah, they lost. Yeah. So I told you that I'm last up, night. I'm up to date. Well, I'm up to date because... Oh, you didn't hear me last night? No. Oh, yeah, because you don't listen to me <laughs> when I talk to you? Okay. So let me just give you this little history. Check out this picture of Spoltra. This is the first year he got hired with the Miami Heat as a video assistant. Crazy. So 1995, the Miami Heat hire Eric Spoltra as a video coordinator. 97, he's promoted to assistant coach. 99, he's promoted to an advanced scout. 
01, he's promoted to director of scouting. And then in 08, Pat Riley gets promoted from coach to front office. And Pat Riley names him as an internal hire head coach. It was a very big deal. Dang. He has zero coaching experience. He was director of scouting. Oh, he was an assistant coach for a little bit. Obviously, he's got coach, but like he wasn't coaching any NBA teams. So, 08, hired as head coach, right? I don't know if you remember in 2010, some guy came on TV and said he's taking his talents to South Beach. LeBron, two years later, new, brand new baby Spoltra. LeBron's like the same age as the head coach. He goes to Miami. They win back-to-back titles. Then 2013, he was named the head coach of the All-Star Game for the East. 2020, he went to the finals for his fifth time. And now 2023, he's going back to the finals for his sixth trip to the finals. So you bring this up because gone are the days of coaches really going getting to ride it take out. teams and ride it out. Like how long has Popovich been in San Antonio? What at minimum twenty five years, right? I don't know the exact numbers. Let's just say this: minimum twenty five years. He has five championships. That's twenty years. You could have blamed him and fired him. Yeah. Like and like college is kind of the opposite. A little bit. Yeah, they, they ride it they out. They ride it out to the death. Like, why, don't, why don't you just really analyze what's not getting you over the hump? I wonder, too. Like, are you really, when you take these coaches in and you're interviewing them and you're making a decision, are you really taking the time to make a decision? Or are you, are you making these rash decisions and like, oh, we'll just try it out? Yeah. It's like, why not interview with a purpose of this could be the coach for the next 20 years? Yeah, if you're not paying attention to what happened in NBA's head coaches today, like, just go look at it. Like, it's crazy. If you have the ESPN app on your phone, you've been getting the notifications. I'm sure. Yeah. It's it's so weird. Like Spoltra, you could have fired him after LeBron left. You know what I mean? 2016, 2017, yeah, 2018. Those Heat teams were sorry, and now look at them. Yeah. They went and got like one free agent. He helped develop these guys, and they're back in the finals. They're the first ever play-in team to make the finals. They're the first ever eight or first or second ever eight seed to make the finals, like literally an eight seed. And he he just coached them to the finals. And I don't know. It just seems like these teams should really analyze and think about why they're not getting over the hump. And it maybe is only one team wins the championship every year, and only two teams. Make it, and how many NBA teams are there? 30. Like, come on. So it takes a certain amount of right time, right place, luck. Like, if you're consistently one of the most competitive teams, and as long as you're not, like, literally choking it away, and you can, like, analyze, like, oh, my gosh, those were terrible coaching decisions. Yes. As long as that's not going on, man, why are you going to change something? Yeah, I agree. That's... That's everything. That's everything for today. Episode one. Are we still recording? Yeah. Videos on. Sounds on. Yep. Oh my gosh. So as long as Tori doesn't lose the audio. I gotta get. (laughs) As long as she saves this properly. I gotta get through the outro and then that's a wrap on the first episode. I'm excited. It was a good one. I like that we did basketball for the first one. So that's. That's we, it. That's all we got for today's episode. Join us next week. We'll have some really good topics that Sean said he already has 
nailed down. I've already got a couple ready. We got we got the tea. Yeah. We got some people in trouble. We have investigations ongoing. See, those are the ones I love. I love yes. the who's in trouble. Who's doing Who's doing the things? I mean, I'm not telling be doing. you. you no, I know. Next week. I know. I tried to talk him into swapping, but he wouldn't. So thank you for joining us on our first episode of Harper's Halftime. I really enjoyed today's episode. Honestly, yeah. it was super fun. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, so that you never miss an episode. We'll be posting every single Thursday. So keep that in your notes. We appreciate your support and we love hearing from y'all. Reach out to us on Instagram at Harper's Halftime. Share your thoughts, suggestions. If you if you send us some topics, we'll definitely cover them. Yeah. So go ahead and hit us up in the DMs. And just like that, as the buzzer sounds, halftime's over. Remember to stay passionate, stay informed, and keep embracing the thrill of the game. Until next time, this is Harper's Halftime, signing, signing off. off. You did good.